Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA. Here we are for another week. And what a way to kick it off. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, as you heard, has led the Kansas City Chiefs to a second straight Super Bowl win. And they're third in the last five years. They're almost a Hawthorne of the 1980s, aren't they, in the AFL? The Kansas City Chiefs, always in the decider. And today was a stunning come-from-behind overtime victory against the San Francisco 49ers. Mahomes found McCole Hardman with a three-yard pass with just three seconds remaining in overtime to claim that 25-22 victory in Las Vegas. And the Chiefs are now the first team since the 2005 New England Patriots to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Let's have a listen to that Chiefs touchdown that won them the Super Bowl. Mahomes takes the snap, runs out right, throws, Hartman takes the catch, and the winning touchdown is scored. The legend of Patrick Mahomes grows. An overtime win as the Chiefs' kingdom becomes a dynasty. And Patrick Mahomes heads off on his lap of honour. Helmet raised. The great one with the great deed. A third championship. One in the final moments of overtime. So there you go, uh, the touchdown that, in the end, won the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl 58. We'll have more of the Super Bowl a bit later on. In fact, Jimmy made a very good point, actually, in uh, the run home when they were talking right at the end about uh, take it or leave it. I can't believe about Travis Kelsey and what he did to the coach. Now... He actually grabbed the coach and actually shook him a bit. The grandfatherly 65-year-old coach, Andy Reid, he remonstrated with him because it appears that nobody is ever happy with a fumble in the red zone. And when Isaiah Pacheto lost the ball on the San Francisco eight-yard line, there was one player in particular who simply couldn't shake it off. Now, Travis Kelsey knows all too well that he would normally be a shoo-in to be a target in the red zone for the Chiefs. But for Kelsey's perspective, there was something of a blank space 
with the high-profile tight end on the sideline for that fateful play. Once the fumble was recovered by the 49ers, Kelsey then turned into an anti-hero, storming over to his coach, the 65-year-old Andy Reid, and remonstrated with him, presumably screaming, put me in. Now, if that happened, I hope he gets remonstrated by the Kansas City Chiefs because it's not a good look. It's not a good look when the player is so disrespectful, okay, caught up in the emotion of the event, but I thought is totally disrespectful of Andy Reid's position as the coach of the Kansas City Chiefs and also the fact that he's seen as the father figure. A bit of respect. Okay, in the end, Travis Kelsey was a Super Bowl 58 winner. Uh, all the photos after the Super Bowl event were him hugging and kissing uh, his girlfriend in Taylor Swift, who, by the way, will probably be boarding a plane before not too long and heading down under. But I found it quite uh, uncomfortable, actually, looking at that. I haven't seen it like that in any other sport, not to that length. And I hope it gets highlighted because I don't think it was a good look. And I'm try- I'm wondering whether Travis Kelsey actually would feel comfortable about it now that he reflects on what happened in the heat of the moment. And secondly, now that they have taken out Super Bowl 58. As we know, uh, they are an outstanding franchise. And Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl MVP for the third time. He led a 75-yard 14-play drive to secure the victory that included an eight-yard run on fourth down and a 19-yard run further down the drive. And by the way, well called by the SEN commentary team of Jared Waitley and also Ben Graham. All right, on the program today, tomorrow this time I'll be calling the cricket. Uh, Australia take on the West Indies in the third and final T20 International. Of course, victorious last night in Adelaide. They won it quite comfortably. And uh, the game before there at Bell Reeve in Hobart. So tomorrow they'll be looking to complete the clean sweep. It was a clean sweep in the ODIs against the West Indies. And they'll be looking to complete a clean sweep in the T20s as well. After the break, I'll be speaking to Brad Hogg, uh, who's going to be my co-commentator. And he's going to give us his thoughts on the event tomorrow night. Let's hope we get a good turnout. There was about fifteen to 20,000 at the Adelaide Oval last night. Even though it is a school day and even though the match gets underway at 4 o'clock, Let's hope we can see a few people filing in to see the Australians, led by Mitch Marsh, uh, maybe complete that clean sweep in the T20s. Brad Hogg joins us next. And also later on, I'll be speaking to Izzy Dalton. Uh, Izzy is a member of the uh, A-League Perth Glory women's side who only two months ago was sitting top of the A-League women's competition and almost certain to play in the finals for the first time. Since then, they have not won a game in 2024 and have just seemingly lost their way to win. Nine games without a victory, I think, or one win in their last nine, and they're now currently sitting in sixth position, a point just inside the top six. Uh, She joins us a bit later on, and she's got a very interesting story to tell as well. So stay with us. You can join us on the Tempera Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. A bit of AFL news today as well is that um, all the million dollar players were released. There's 19 players in the AFL that earn over a million dollars. 
Perhaps you can highlight them for you. Uh, we've got Dustin Martin, Fremantle's Nat Five, Eagles' Jeremy McGovern. And there's 19 in total. Throw me some other ones that you feel are in the Million Dollar Club. The text machine, 0487 736 736, or you can join us on the Scarborough Toyota open line, 131255. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Great to have you company here on Sports Day WA. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Uh, the text line 0487 736 736. Uh, Pete, uh, agree. Uh, Kelsey was a terrible look. Well done to Marley Birdman last night. I think the two best teams in the under-19 World Cup uh, was when we played Pakistan in the semi-final. Regards from Darren. Well, tomorrow night, uh, Brad Hogg will be joining us in commentary for the third and final T20 uh, International between Australia and the West Indies on the back end of that Glenn Maxwell superclass uh, where he hit that brilliant 120 for Australia in their big total of four for 241, their biggest 20-over men's total on home soil. Uh, he hit 120 of 55 balls. Let's hope we have uh, similar fireworks uh, from 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Bit of an inconvenient time, certainly for people that perhaps want to come to the cricket, particularly maybe families after school, but we'll see how it all goes. No doubt it's all designed for TV. Uh, if you can't get here or watch it on the box, of course, you can listen on the SEN Network with Peter Vlahos and Brad Hogg. And Brad Hogg joins us on the program now. Hi, Brad. Pete, how you going, mate? You've been trying to get a hold of me. Lucky for Jimmy behind the scenes there, getting a hold of me, mate, to get me on the survey. Can I tell you, it's easier to get leprosy than try and contact you, Brad Hogg. You're a very busy man, very busy man, but I know where you'll be tomorrow. You'll be with me shoulder to shoulder in this third T20 international. Uh, what about Glenn Maxwell's performance the other night? Look, I think uh, Glenn Maxwell's uh, come of age. You know, the, uh, the one-off. Uh, innings that he had in the World Cup was absolutely sensational. But to follow it up at home, uh, on home soil at Adelaide against the West Indies was just remarkable. And um, look, he's just becoming a white ball phenomenon, uh, if I got that out right. But even in the 20, uh, 20 over match, uh, 20 over game, I just like to see him uh, do this in Test cricket, actually. You know, make those big scores in big uh, Test cricket because I think he could really add that value down the middle order, especially with his uh, right arm form finders. Yeah. Your thoughts on uh, the Australian makeup? Mitch Marsh is the captain. We've got a T20 World Cup coming up. Uh, it appears that Australia seemed to have a few weapons. Yeah, they do seem to have a few weapons, but they're not as vocal as they used to be. They used to appeal out everything. But uh, last night, uh, they didn't appeal out a run-out, which was out by about two feet. So they've got to work on that. But, look, I, I think the Australian uh, team, they've just got so much depth in that 20-over format. You've got Stoinis there that's not making runs, but is very handy with the ball in the middle order. And Tim David hasn't had a real good crack down out that lower order. So hopefully uh, those two particular players especially can get a real big opportunity tomorrow night to show their wares. And, of course, when you look at Mitch Marsh as the skipper, your thoughts on the way he's conducted uh, his team in the first two matches? 
Look, I think if you look at Mitch Marsh, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's been lucky to be in that test team. But the, the reason why he's in there is because he's the glue of that team. I could uh, probably say that he's a bit like an Andrew Simons. Everyone wants to be around him. He just brings everyone together with his humour, um, just with his softness as well. But he can also be hard and tough when uh, the, the big moments count and when, uh, when someone's got to stand up and say, hey, that's not right. And I think that because of that balance, I think he's the perfect captain in the short formats. When you look at uh, the squad for tomorrow night, uh, Josh Hazelwood is out. Uh, he's been rested. Fraser McGurk is in. And where's Agar is in? It's only a squad. And let's hope that Aaron Hardy, you'd think, may get a run in the 11 being at home here at Optus and with the series already won. Uh, do you think they'll maybe mix it up a bit tomorrow? Yeah, look, they'd like to get uh, Aaron Hardy in there, but then it's looking at the balance of the team as well. You want to go for a front-line bowler to replace Joss Hazelwood, so where, where do you put Hardy uh, in, in that particular slot? And, um, I, you know, the person that he's going to replace is probably a Stoinis because of the bowling that he does. Um, so for me, I, I think the way that Hardy is batting at the moment, I think he's a better option than uh, Marcus Stoinis. But you've got to reward Marcus Stornis for the longevity and uh, the experience that he's had, especially leading into a World Cup. And uh, that, that will probably give Wes Agar uh, the first opportunity to play for Australia uh, at T20 level. And uh, he fully deserves it. He's been performing well at first-class level and uh, he's really worked hard. So hopefully he gets an opportunity. Yeah, certainly uh, we hope that's the case. Xavier Bartlett, we saw him here when he was playing uh, in the Big Bash. And, of course, he's been given an opportunity. He's certainly grabbed it, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Just uh, one of those uh, left-field calls that I, I felt when he was here at the uh, Furnace bowling in front of us. I didn't think he had that extra pace. So I just thought he had that bounce. But uh, the extra pace, I thought he lacked. But he just, uh, he just really proved me wrong in that. And I, I'm glad he did because... Uh, I, I like to see kids just come in and uh, take that opportunity and prove you wrong. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd never said that out loud or anything like that, but it was a surprise selection for me. And uh, it, it's been a, a very enjoyable surprise. So, it, And it just adds to the Australian depth, and that's a good thing about it. Josh Inglis is opening the batting at this stage. He's at the top of the order with Dave Warner. As we know, once they complete this T20 series, they're off to New Zealand for, and again, further matches down there, T20s, ODIs, and, and a full program. Do you think that Josh Inglis will retain the spot in the opening uh, batting combination uh, for the tour of New Zealand? Because there will be pressure from Travis Head and, and Steve Smith and others as the World Cup uh, looms closer. I, exactly right. I think uh, there's a number of players that are under pressure. And, uh, I think Matthew Wade's there as well that's under pressure. But I, I just don't understand why they've got Inglis opening the batting and Wade batting down the lower order at seven. Uh, if you've got a keeper in the team, you've got to have him up the top order opening the batting like Adam Gilchrist. So for me, it's either English opening the batting and you have someone like an Aaron Hardy coming in out seven who's a big hitter just like Matthew Wade that can offer you something with the ball. Um, I, I just think that's probably a waste of a player in our lineup, and uh, that's probably something that leaders could look out for better balance. So English for me is uh, under pressure with his spot with Wade. Mm. And do you expect Australia to complete a clean sweep uh, tomorrow night? And your view on the West Indies performances? 
Oh, look, I, I, you'd expect that Australia would have a bit of a clean sweep, especially coming here to Perth where there's an extra bounce and pace. A lot of people would think, oh, that's a bit of a surprise, but the West Indies were strong on those type of wickets 20 years ago. But uh, with the wickets that they have over there in the West Indies now, they're a little bit more docile. They don't have that bounce, and they used to uh, slower track. So I'm expecting a clean sweep here. Um, the West Indies are trying a few things. One thing I like about the West Indies is that they won that test match, the second test match. Well, I think that's a great sign for West Indies cricket moving forward, and hopefully the youngsters uh, get more opportunities to play for their uh, to play uh, under the badge of the West Indies and not go to the T20 leagues. I think that's the biggest thing um, with the balance of West Indies is to make sure that we get a few more, or better finances there so that we can fund players to stay uh, representing the West Indies rather than going play T20 leagues, because I think that's probably the biggest downfall of West Indian cricket at the moment. Mm. Well, there'll be three matches against the Kiwis at the end of this month, and I suppose that'll play a pretty crucial role in Australia's preparation for the 20-over showcase uh, later in the States. Hoggy, I haven't had a chance to speak to you about this, but last week we saw Mitch Marsh crowned the Allen Border medal winner. Your thoughts on Mitch Marsh taking off the top gong in cricket? Yeah, well, I'm taking after him. I'm drinking a little bit more and I'm getting a little bit pudgy like him. But, uh, <laughs> look, <laughs> uh, look I, th- I think it's fantastic. It's a great story. And, um, you know, just, just the ups and downs that he's had throughout his career... Uh, and the negative commentary that he's had as well, um, just to be able to stand up and, and prove the punters wrong, uh, is just sensational. It just shows resilience, and it's a great story. Um, and he's done it all on his own, and I just think it's fantastic. And um, I think, you know, being alongside Jeff Marsh, uh, who's captain West Australia and vice-captain of Australia, and uh, coming from my area, and, you know, that... that closeness that we have as a family, it just adds that, uh, it just adds something extra special. So for me, it's, it's just great to see him having that success and um, hope, hopefully it's a sign of many things to come. He just puts the country first, he puts the state first as well. Um, so he puts Australian cricket first and he's just a great leader and uh, he deserves all the opportunities that he gets. And as I said before, um, the, all the players in Australia just love him and he, even the English players. I saw something the other day I think it was Evans that was talking about uh, what Sean does around the Scorchers group. He just brings everyone together, and that's what you want. And uh, and that's why uh, he's going to get a lot more opportunities than other players, and I think that's why people... Um, that's, that's the other thing that you've got to look at. When you're looking at these teams that get selected to represent your country or the state, it's just not about the performances in the middle. It's what you bring to the group as a whole. And uh, Mitchell Marsh brings everything. Good stuff, Hoggy. See you tomorrow, 3.30. We're on air with coverage around the SEN Network, Australia versus the West Indies here from Optus Stadium. Look forward to catching up with you then. Uh, thanks very much, mate. And I look forward to catching you tomorrow. Good Make on you. Make sure you bring your A game, Pete. <laughs> Good on you, Hoggy. Well done. All right. Always colourful, always entertaining, and, of course, uh, a great exponent of the short form of the game. He played in all three uh, disciplines, did Brad Hogg for Australia, test matches, T20s, and ODIs as well. Of course, the weekend review, when we look back at the big stories of the weekend, uh, look out for the sunrise. Enjoy local service. There's over 1,200 stores Australia-wide. Visit newsunrise.com.au. But now...
As we do on a Monday, the top five at five. There's a Novus Auto Glass near you, 13, 22, 34. Let's look at some of the uh, top five events in the last day or so here on Sports Day WA. Number five. Yeah, so the, the ball has a chip in it that picks up a whole heap of different data points and different information. So uh, there's there's a stream around the game itself. So it's tracking things like congestion and ball speeds. So we don't have direct metrics for either of those two things. And how can we start to understand where the ball's going, how quickly it's going and where the players are relative to the footy. So there's a football performance game analysis stream to it. In terms of score review, most of it uh, centres around what, it what the ball touches and also what lines it crosses. And so it's Quite, um, it's quite good in terms of uh, tracking when the ball has crossed the line and if anything has happened to the ball when that ball has crossed the line, say a, um, a, a slight finger or a post brush, mm. uh, it can pick that up. So, yes, the idea is that the technology um, is instant and I saw it in action the other day uh, and tells our officials what has happened. So we just need to work out how much testing we need to do to make sure that we're confident to use that technology in officiating. But uh, we've already started using it in, term, in terms of uh, data collection from a game analysis perspective. That's Laura Kane, the AFL Executive General Manager of Football, talking about a chip in the football to make sure that maybe events like last year when Adelaide were denied, of course, a spot in the finals because of a goal umpiring error. And, of course, uh, we're going to see when that comes into vogue. Number four. Bryce Cotton now. Does he get away one more triple before he takes a break? Sure does. Oh! Zunik gets the steal. alley bang! Henschel to Saar. And the young guns combine for a little bit of magic late. So there you go, that uh, very comprehensive victory by the Perth Wildcats, 117-88 uh, secured them uh, against the Taipans, a top-two finish. And we'll just talk about Damian Martin before he came on air earlier today that a couple of months ago was all doom and gloom around the Perth Wildcats. But uh, under John Reilly, they've uh, certainly become a united front and have played some exciting basketball in uh, recent months and now have locked in a top two finish. Uh, go the Wildcats. Uh, a very imp impressive performance uh, to beat the Taipans by 29 points on Saturday. Number three. I went up for a mark against Richmond and Jack Rewalt came back into me and tunneled me a little bit. Yep. And anyway, I've gone over and landed on my neck effectively. It was a compression fracture to my T8 and I've wedged about five of my other vertebrae a bit shorter, um, so it's just something I'm going to have to manage forever. I'm really lucky that I'm not a, I'm paraplegic or a quadriplegic. It still gives me um, a bit of trouble in my everyday life. Uh, it's okay when I'm moving, but as soon as I'm static, um, I feel like I'm going to broken back again. This is a permanent thing, and it's something that I work on from the second I wake up. I've got to do mobility and get moving and, and find a way to um, come to work, because it is my job ultimately at the end of the day. I still consider myself lucky to have the life that I have and in the scheme of things it's a problem that I can manage and a bit of suffering is good I hear. Could it shorten your career at all? Oh, I think there's certainly a risk of that yeah but with the physiotherapy and um, some of the other medical treatments that are 
available to me. I'm able to get out of bed and get moving and get along with my life mostly. I'm sitting here thinking if this were me, I'd it'd be screaming into my brain to say, don't play footy. Is it worth the risk? Because it feels like if you do it again, you're in real trouble. Yeah, if I do it again, I, I'm certainly in trouble. But, mate, I'm like you in that I've got a mortgage and mm. this is my job and I've got a family and I've got to go to work every day. And, you know, there's a point at which I'll, I'll certainly stop trying and try to... I'll have to completely prioritise things, but I've, I've got a job. I've got a role to play and um, I'm going to do my very best to try and balance all the balls while I can and if that becomes unmanageable, then I'll have to say goodbye. Mm. Tom Barris, uh, they're talking with Ryan Daniels uh, on Channel 7 regarding uh, the back and he has taken a few tumbles over the years going for the big high-flying pack mark and sometimes coming off second best and at times he's actually landed almost on his head as he's been tumbled and knocked over in that pack mark situation. So Tom Barris about the state of affairs of his back. And he says he's got to do a job. He's got to go to work. He's got to pay the bills like all of us do. Number two. Ball again. That's a big one. Man. Australia won't mind that. That was certainly in the wheelhouse. And Maxwell's dispatched that over mid-wicket head and into the second tier stand. Shepard from the northern end. And Maxwell, well, that's a beautiful shot. That's gone all the way. Unbelievable. The big, strong wrist over cover for six. And Maxwell on strike. His eye's in now. And he, his eye is falling in. That's another big hit over mid-wicket. Russell steaming in. Bowling quickly. And it comes off the bat just as quick. With a bit of interest. That's gone second tier. A whitish mid on. Work to a whitish mid on. They're going to come back for two. They should get there. Good throw, good fielding, but good running as well. Stornis got home. And that brings up the 50 to Glenn Maxwell. Bowling left arm loopy orthodox. That was a big fan. He does line him up. And he backhands it, if you like. Reverse sweep for six. This time he goes high. Does he go long? I think he's going to go over again. It's another six. Terrific shot, Glenn Maxwell. A great catch of the crowd too. We love that. He goes to 86, 100 beckoning. As Brad said, he knows his stats. He knows his standing. And he slaps it wide. Mid-off. That's a boundary. That's 100. He raises his fist, takes the helmet off, waves to the crowd, waves to his teammates. It doesn't get better than that. There you go, Glenn Maxwell Club, the fastest uh, T20 international century on Australian soil uh, at the Adelaide Oval to propel his country to a series win against the West Indies. Unbeaten 120 from 55 balls, uh, eight sixes, 12 fours. Australia made four for 241, and the West Indies managed nine for 207 in reply and the 34-run victory giving Australia an unassailable 2-0 lead heading into the match at Optus tomorrow. Number one. It's Chips in in Vegas. Kickoff in Super Bowl 58. He takes the pass again from Purdy. Gets oh, oh. Balls come out. Balls come out. The Chiefs have recovered. Lovely long punt. And Richie James backed up to the five to take it. Runs out to the right. He's brought down at the 11. Mitch Wisnowski. Stellar starts in Super Bowl 58. To open the scoring in the Super Bowl. Moody gives it the locks. Great fly. Good strike. Right through. San Francisco score first. They lead it 3-0.
First and goal, hand off to Pacheco, raced out to the left, beat the first tackle, ran oh, into the it. second. It's out. 49ers swarm. The 49ers have recovered the fumble. Oh. Takes the snap. Mahomes backs away in the pocket. He's been given plenty of time until oh, he slipped out of the first tackle, got caught in the second, sacked again. Eric Armstead's got to him. Mahomes is having a devil of a time. Throws it out to the left quickly. They're going to toss it around. Jennings to McCaffrey. Runs it up the middle. The running man is thrown in. Christian McCaffrey on a brilliantly designed play with the first touchdown of Super Bowl 58. Throws oh, intercepted. No. Mahomes throws an interception. Jair Brown rose to make the catch and it is an unmitigated disaster. Harrison Butker, 57 yard attempts. This is how desperate it's got for the Chiefs. Butker whacks it low and hard and he got it there. Wow. Mahomes starts in the shotgun, stands in the pocket, let's fly, touchdown. Valdez Scantling, simple as that. Purdy dries the hands, takes the snap, throws to the right. Jennings with the catch, Stone slips the tackle, touchdown. Jake Moody, what a moment in his young career. Moody strikes it, pure, and through the 49ers lead. It is a 29-yard field goal attempt for Harrison Butker. He won last year's Super Bowl to tie it up and force overtime. He'll do it. The kick good. Jake Moody from 27 yards puts it through. And the 49ers lead by three. The first score of overtime. Now over to you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes takes the snap, runs out right, throws. Hartman takes the catch. And the winning touchdown is scored. The legend of Patrick Mahomes grows. An overtime win chief's kingdom becomes a dynasty and patrick mahomes heads off on his lap of honor helmet raised the great one with the great deed a third championship won in the final moments of overtime called by jared whaley and ben graham the highlights of super bowl 58 all thanks the top five at five to novus auto glass don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill called novus auto glass 13, 22, 34. And as we mentioned, 25-22 victory in Las Vegas. Uh, the Chiefs, the first team since the 2005 New England Patriots to win back-to-back Super Bowls. We'll take a break, come back with more after the break here on Sports Day WA. Thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos. Wherever you may be listening around this great and very hot state of ours at the moment, we're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years and also Kia. And here's just a quick community update thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season and stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services 
Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to the new fire coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions. And it's available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yes, another scorching uh, middle of the week coming up here in Perth. It's been uh, pretty trying and no doubt trying for our sports people that have had to train and play in this excessive heat. We're talking about the Perth Glory uh, team in the A-League women's competition. And joining us uh, from that team is Izzy Dalton. Izzy, thanks for your time. Hi, thank you for having me. Congratulations, you scored your first A-League goal <laughs> in that two-all draw against Canberra at the weekend. Last gasp goal. They're always always important and no doubt very fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've not scored in the league or for glory. Um, so, yeah, it was nice that it came at a very important time for us. <laughs> a very important time because it's interesting, after sitting top of the league uh, earlier in the season... It's been fairly tough going in the last couple of months. What do you put that down to? Yeah, for sure. I think, um, yeah, as we as you said, we started the season really well and we were top of the table for quite some time. Um, but I guess as the season's gone on, teams have got a lot better. Um, they've figured us out. Um, and I think that's what it's come down to, I guess. like A lot of the teams have found their momentum and I think we've kind of dropped ours a little bit. So it has been a, I guess, tough five or six weeks for us. Well, I think if I look at it, there's only been one win, I think, in the last nine games. And there's only been that win was against the Central Coast Mariners away last year. So you haven't recorded a win since the turn of 2024. You need to start getting back on track if you're going to survive and hopefully play in the finals because currently you sit in sixth position a point ahead of the seventh-place Mariners. So there's not much uh, room for error now. Yeah, no, absolutely right. We know we, we knew going into this game on the weekend that we had to pick up the three points. And even though we just fell short, I mean, we found a lot of momentum, I think, in that performance. And hopefully that will be the driving force to, I guess, take us through the next five games and, and secure our spot in the finals. And yeah, I guess we're lucky in that the results have kind of fell our way to remain in that top six. But yeah. we know how important picking up a win and I guess five wins are in the next uh, coming games. You've got Central Coast Mariners, the team that I spoke about, that you did win in your last win and you've got them at home again this weekend. This is super important. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Mariners are a good team and, and as I said, they've found their form. Um, in the past couple of months. So we know it's going to be another tough opposition for us, but fortunately, being at home, we tend to play well at home. Uh, we have a good crowd and fan base. So hopefully from that performance on the weekend, we, we kind of bottle up the momentum that we had in that and take it into the Mariners mm. match. What's the mood inside the camp, uh, particularly looking at Alex Aparkas, who's the coach? He's a perfectionist. He's a, a very good <laughs> coach. Don't worry about that. And, of course, Natasha Rigby, your captain, what has been the mood in the camp? Is there a sense of frustration? Yeah, I mean, of course, there's going to be frustration, I think, because we know how good of a team we actually are. So when results aren't going our way, um, there's obviously going to be a lot of disappointment there. But I think, in general, the, the vibe of the group has always remained really positive And what we demand of each other is so high that we won't, I guess, let our results kind of determine the rest of our season. And I think... As you said, Alex and Tash, our captain, have done a good job of kind of keeping the group together and, and remaining focused because 
we know we can still challenge to be up right up at the top come the end of the season. Well, of course, your Christian name is Isabel Dalton. You're known affectionately as Izzy now, and that's how you'd like to be called. Uh, we know that you were born in Barnsley in the north of England, but you completed your high school education here in Australia. Where was that? Uh, on the Sunshine Coast, over in Queensland. Tell us about your last experience with Lewis, which was in the UK, which is known as the Equality Football Club. Tell us more. Yeah, I mean, my time at Lewis was honestly incredible. I couldn't fault her. I spent two years there, and I kind of went into it in unknown, not knowing what the club was about or anything like that. But I think upon arriving there, like the club, club is truly incredible. The people that are involved are just amazing. And as you said, it's the only club in the world that pays the men and the women equally. Um, and I think what they stand for is just something that no other club, I guess, kind of has those values. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love my time over there and playing in the championship was a good experience for me. And yeah, I, I'm very glad that I went over there again. Well, tell us more about how it was received when the decision came down during your time there. I gather it was a case of both the men's program and the women's program and the management of the Lewis Football Club coming together. Um, tell us about the events and when it was unveiled that this was going to happen and the reaction. Yeah, I mean, like as you said, like the men's and women's team, they're so integrated. And I think as a club, they really try and, I guess, push for that. Um, but I guess everything they do off the pitch is, is what I guess kind of makes a club what it is and having owners, like anybody can actually put a share into on the club for, I think it's as little as like 50 pound a week or something, which is just crazy to say that you own a football club. But yeah, as I said, the people that are involved are absolutely incredible, incredible people and they make it what it is. You also spent a season at Napoli, of course, in Serie A in Italy. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely eye-opening. Um, I'd never actually been to Italy before I went out, out Oh, sorry, out there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, that was such an incredible experience, living in Napoli. I mean, the hustle and bustle of it all was just absolutely wild, and the culture was absolutely, yeah, just incredible. But, again, it's another experience that I'm, I'm grateful for, and I really enjoyed my time out there, even though it was quite short. You did play for Australia at youth level. I think it was under 17s. So you're still only 26 yeah. years of age. Do you harbour still ambitions to maybe play for the Matildas? Well, I feel quite old at 26. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> but, so. Um, but, yeah, I mean, of course, like, the dream is always going to be to, I guess, get that senior call up. But, I mean, for me, the focus is just playing here for the glory and doing everything I can to, I guess, yeah, have the performances that grant me a spot in that team. But, yeah, my, my full focus is here at Perth Glory. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, then so be it. How did you become or how did you come to Perth Glory first up? This is your first season here. You signed a two-year contract. How did the invitation come about? Yeah, I mean, I'd been in contact with Alex for quite some years. And in the past, when he'd asked me to come to the club, I felt like I wasn't at a point in my career where I wanted to. Um but I think on the back end of my last season at Lewis, I was looking to come back home. I think I missed the, the lifestyle and the mm -hmm. sun of it too much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'd, I kept my options open. But as soon as I had a chat with Alex, I knew immediately that it was too good to kind of turn it down. And, and yeah, I mean, there and then on the phone, I said I was coming to glory. So... Yeah, I'm super happy that I made that decision to come here. Well, we're super happy that you're playing with the Perth Glory. How are you handling the heat? <laughs> it is hot. 
Um, I mean, I guess being in Brisbane for quite some time, um, I'm used to the heat a little bit, but I think, yeah, this past couple of weeks has been insane. <laughs> I know you've got a real loyal supporter base down there at your home ground at Macedonia Park. They need to rally uh, this weekend, your take on the Central Coast Mariners. Are you confident in some ways that uh, you can turn things around and play finals football in the A-League women's competition this season? Yeah, of course. I think as a group, this is what we've strived for the entire season. And I think the position that we were in at the start of the season shows that we can actually compete and be up there, not just to make the finals, but to be, I guess, a premiership winning team. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's so much confidence in the group that we know that we can be in that six and be competing and potentially even get a home final. Um, and as you said, the fan base that we actually have at Glory is incredible. And each week they come out and support us and, and they really rally us um, during the game, which is which is huge for us. Yeah, and finally, have you seen repeatedly the goal you scored uh, at the weekend <laughs> in that two-all draw? Tell us about it and tell us about your emotion when you did see the ball go into the back of the net. <laughs> yeah, well, as I said, I've not scored in the league and, I mean, I've not even scored in my career for at least over a year, I think. So <laughs> for one time, finally hit the back of the net was nice. And I mean, yeah, if anybody watches the games, I do take a lot of shots. So I'm glad that one finally hit the back of the net. Um, and yeah, I will admit I have watched it a few times. <laughs> Good on you. And it's such an important goal. A share of the points, uh, uh, a share of the four goals scored on the night. Get down there. 18th of February is the match. Is that a Saturday or Sunday? I can't think uh, 18th of February. <laughs> Yeah, Sunday at 7.30. Sunday at 7.30, 18th, 18th of February. There you go. Get down and support the glory in an important match against the Central Coast Mariners. Is he lovely chatting to you and uh, good luck for the remainder of the season. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, nice to have a chat to Izzy Dalton there. All thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further for Australian farmers. We'll take a break and bring you the latest news after the break here on Sports Day WA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. And let's just bring you some sports news headlines. Thanks to Tyre Power. Visit your local Tyre Power store today for a free tyre safety inspection. There are over 50 stores across WA. Just uh, before we give you some AFL news, just in the EPL overnight, a big win by Arsenal. They won 6-0 at West Ham overnight. The biggest away win for Arsenal in about 90 years, I believe. And also, Aston Villa at home were beaten 2-1 by Manchester United. So with those results, Tottenham Hotspur, our favourite team in the EPL because of Ange, sit in fourth position in that Champions League spot. Now, today comes the news that the average AFL player wage moved closer to $450,000 in 2023 with a record 19 players earning at least $1 million amid a cash boom for the league. Now, with the salary cap set to hit a staggering $17.7 million in 2025, the number of annual million-dollar players is set to surge, with league revenue also increasing by $104.5 million and on an upward trend. This is on the back end of the collective bargaining agreement. Now, 19 earned seven figures in 2023. There are 12 who earn more 
than 1.2 million with players including Richmond superstar Dustin Martin, somewhere between 1.25 and 1.35 million, as well as Fremantle's Nat Fife and the Eagles' Jeremy McGovern. They're the highest paid players in the game. Two from the West Australian clubs, one from Frio, one from West Coast alongside Dustin Martin. Interesting. Um, Jeremy McGovern's an interesting one. He got the deal that he wanted because there was talk, as we know, before he signed this contract that he may have been heading to Fremantle. So maybe West Coast just paid a bit over the odds. Other players are believed to be uh, over the $1 million mark. Uh, midfielder Tim Kelly from the Eagles. Bulldogs captain Marcus Bontempelli. The Demons star Clayton Oliver and Christian Petrarca. And also Geelong's Jeremy Cameron and Carlton captain Patrick Cripps. There'll be others as well. Thanks for joining us uh, tonight. Thanks to Jimmy and thanks to Connor for steering the ship. Tomorrow, a short version of Sports Day WA between 3 and 3.30. And then I'll be on air with Brad Hogg from 3.30 as we bring you the T20 International between Australia and the West Indies. Look forward to your company tomorrow from Optus Stadium. Have a good night, everyone, and stay cool.